Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. My guest today is Jonathan Liu, a realtor at H&M Realty Group and president of Race Epso Real Estate Solutions. As his company name hints, he's a lawyer turned real estate agent and investor. Jonathan practiced primarily in the employment law area. For a while, it was the sensible decision to stick with something secure in light of his growing family. But on the side, though, he'd begun investing in rental properties. Eventually, it became clear to him that taking the riskier road was more aligned with what he wanted to do and the lessons he wanted to teach his daughter. Jonathan, welcome. Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So uh, let's jump right to the beginning. And could you tell us a little about what made you go to law school in the first place? Well, you know, I was kind of a knucklehead when I was younger. So in high school, uh, <laughs> I ended up going the community college route. And then I kind of took the path of least resistance. Uh, I, I picked a major that I was interested in, but didn't really have great uh, kind of employment prospects at the end. So I ended up with a bachelor in unemployment. <laughs> um, my wife at the time, or my girlfriend at the time, she yeah. was working at a law firm as a legal assistant. So she got me a summer job. And then as I was doing that, you know, I slowly realized, oh, this is kind of interesting and something I wanted to do. So I kind of pursued it and it just snowballed from there. Yeah. So ha- knowing someone in the law didn't immediately turn you off from, <laughs> from <laughs> <No>. the law. <laughs> well, luckily, uh, the, my boss is, uh, it was a much smaller firm. So, you know, I worked directly with the partners and stuff and they were very supportive and uh, it, it, it did not turn me off at all. It was actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, what kind of law was that uh, firm practicing? Uh, so that firm, uh, it's an insurance defense firm. So they did a personal injury. Yeah. So is that what you thought when you went to law school that you would get into? Um, I, I knew I wanted to get into litigation, not necessarily personal injury, but yeah, the litigation mm-hmm. aspect of it. So how did you like law school? Um, I actually loved law school. I, I feel like I had a lot more time back then to do uh, my hobbies and things like that. Of course, th- th- there was like pressure and things at the time. I, I don't think I appreciated it enough. But, you know, once you get into the working world, you realize you have even less time. Right. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, so when you were in law school, like, did it sort of confirm, oh, yeah, I'm interested in this? And did were there areas that you sort of jumped in saying, this is the direction I want to take my career? Or were you just kind of like floating along doing whatever? Yeah, I mean, uh, so you? I did. Initially, I kind of wanted to do criminal law. And then so I did the Innocence Project. Um, but then I, I kind of realized at the time that, you know, hmm. it's a pretty dark area to work in. Um, so I kind of, yeah, that would be a lot to do permanently. Yeah, to kind of see that on a <laughs> daily basis. I, you know, I think naturally I'm more kind of a happy go lucky guy. So it, it is very sad to see those things happening and kind of reading about it as a living. So I moved more towards the civil side and then had interest in kind of employment law. Oh, so is, so when you graduated, what did you do? 
Um, so I came out of law school in 2011. Uh, it was a really rough uh, legal market. So I, yeah. once again, uh, my amazing wife, she still worked at a different law firm at the time. So she was able to get me a job there. So I did personal injury for about a year. Uh -huh. uh, just kind of learned how the ropes in litigation. Had a great mentor. And then, you know, with the smaller firms, they really throw you in. Kind of you, you learn kind of on the spot. Right, right. I was doing depositions, <laughs> uh, going to court probably like a week after I actually uh, got sworn in. So it was a great experience. Wow. Like people at huge firms do that in like the Yeah, yeah, year. exactly. <laughs> so got a bunch of experience. Yeah. And then uh, uh, after a year passed, I moved over to a larger firm in employment uh, area. Um, how did you like the employment practice? Um, practice area, I, I enjoyed. Um, and then, you know, I worked with great people. So that, that was the awesome part of it. Uh, the practice of the law itself, uh, as you know, it, it gets draining over time. Um, I was working really long hours and things like that. So the practice itself wasn't bad. Uh, yeah. The actual work w was pretty difficult. Yeah. I mean, it sounds it sounds like you had at least a good experience in terms of the people you worked with, both at the smaller firm and the, and the larger firm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've met great people. Uh, you know, I lucked out. You hear all those kind of horror stories of the yellers and people that right. really are kind of rough on you. Uh, I never had that. I had a uh, great mentors and people that I keep in touch with today um, who, who really took an interest in my career and, and pushed me along. So did you go to them when you started to think, mm, not sure that this entire career path is right for me? <laughs> uh, um, you know, so on my second to last firm, I, I did. Uh, I told them that the hours, you know, I was billing probably 23, 2400 hours at the time. And then, you know, on top of that, doing the, mm -hmm. the client development aspect of it. So I was basically using my free time to try to network. Um, and it, I just realized that right. that partnership track wasn't for me. Um, so I did talk to them about it and they were supportive in trying to help me find like kind of an in-house route. Uh, and then, so I went to an in-house job mm -hmm. uh, for probably about six months uh, at this small real estate finance company. Um, and then quickly realized that wasn't for me. So I ended up hopping back to hmm. a different, uh, employment boutique firm. Uh, ah, then, okay. So you're sort of dipping your toe in different yeah, areas. I, mean, I think a lot of lawyers, <laughs> you, uh, you know, the ones that I talk to, they see the grass is always greener on the side. They think if you get a in-house job, you know, things will change or if it's a different job. And then, so I, I definitely tried that route first. So what was it that you didn't love about the in-house job? Um, so it was a completely new area of law. And then it was a lot of uh, what we did was mostly preparing loan documents uh, for banks. And so the mm -hmm. challenge wasn't really there. It was a lot of, uh, you know, with the con the transactional side, a lot of it's pre-prepared templates and forms. And then you're just kind of filling in the blanks. That's what I liked about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the idea of starting with a blank page and I don't even know how to brief was such a nightmare to me. I was like, great, bring up the last agreement. I'll just change up the names. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, there was very, especially with uh, repeat clients and stuff like that. So they had most of it coming from a handful of clients. And then, so it's all the same and you're just based, it, it was like Mad Loon. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. joke, but I, I hear you. I hear you. Yep. Um, it can get very rote. Was that, what about the sort of environment of an in-house job? You know, was that, did that sort of match your expectations in terms of hours and lifestyle and sort of culture? Was that different from a firm in the way you had maybe anticipated? Um, it wasn't, so it was kind of a weird in-house position because it wasn't necessarily like a corporate counsel position. It was just like an in-house attorney. 
Um, and then so it, mm-hmm. I guess for work-life balance, it definitely did. Um, you know, I was working much more regular hours. Um, there was not no pressure for the client development aspect of it. Um, the pay cut was pretty significant, though. So, mm-hmm. you know, it all had its trade-offs. So at the at, at sort of coming to the conclusion that you didn't want to stay there, what made you go back to a firm as opposed to something else? Um, so at the time, I found a position. Uh, so kind of my personal life, I, my wife was pregnant at the time, and then um, my daughter was set to be born at the end of the year. And then so I wanted to, I, I found this job uh, in the employment law where uh, it was kind of like a remote position. So I thought that would be great, uh, you know. I really wanted to be involved and have more time with my daughter. So I thought it was kind of that perfect uh, mixture where yeah. it was in an area of law that I, I knew uh, was comfortable with and, and did well in. Uh, so I wasn't learning something new. And then, uh, but then at the same time, I could spend time with my daughter. Yeah. So then how long were you in that position? Uh, I was there for about three years. Okay. And did it serve its purpose? It was sort of flexible for your life? Yeah, it was great. You know, I never missed the. A daughter, my daughter's doctor's appointments. I got to take her to ballet and things like that. So in that that aspect, you know, I was working, uh, I was making my own schedule and things like that. So it was great for the the work life balance. Yeah. Um, so what ultimately made you leave there? Um, you know, part of a lot of the time, I, I guess from maybe two to three years into practicing, um, I started to get created, uh, you know, in the beginning, I was still gun ho about it and uh, wanted to make partner and things like that. And then slowly I started finding this kind of uh, lack of fulfillment in what I was doing. Um, I was always on the defense side. So our clients were always these, uh, they were always corporate clients. And the problem is, you know, um, you win a case, um, they're happy, but it's just at the end of the day, you still kind of cost them a bunch of money. You're still billing. And it, it just felt like we were always kind of this wheel of sunk cost you know you lose your you're, right. you lose even more money but even when you win you know your bills are huge so yeah. I, I that was one of the reasons why litigation didn't appeal to me as much because i was like nobody wants to be here this is just bad yeah. right you know at least on the transactional side you know in theory yeah, both sides are building something they're getting something they want out of it exactly <laughs> You know, I I, I, um, I heard the greatest quote uh, from Tony Robbins where he was uh he said the achievement without fulfillment is the greatest failure and that's kind of like what resonated in my mind. You know, I didn't know if I could continue doing this for years, feeling unfulfilled with it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, sort of, what did what was your process for thinking about next steps? Um. So, as I was uh, practicing law, one. You know, so taking it way back, uh, when I was 12 years old, my mm-hmm. dad got me uh, the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, mm-hmm. uh, which talks about real estate investment and things like that. Terrible, terrible present <laughs> to be a 12-year-old, by the way. But yeah. you know, I've read it over the years, and that really kind of stuck with me. And then, so I was doing real, real estate investment as kind of my means for retirement. Um, and then so it's always been an interest of mine. I got my real estate license uh, while I was practicing law. And then... it. I just kind of figured if this is going to be my plan for my future, why not kind of commit to it and go full bore at it? Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense. So it wasn't like you had to be like, what else in the world would I do? Like you had something that jumped out at you sort of. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely had those moments where 
I was kind of brainstorming through, you know, being in the employment world, I was like, well, should I do HR? Um, and, and did that yeah. process. But ultimately, um, another big thing for me was that, you know, I was always raised, my parents told me, uh, like, never work for anyone, be your own boss, things yeah. like that. And then, of course, I went through the path to be an employee, so that failed miserably. <laughs> I always thought that, I thought that it was an interest. it was something I wanted to do and something that I wanted to pass along to my daughter. And then, ultimately, I mm-hmm. was like, I can't teach her this. And then, kind of, my actions don't match my teacher. So I said, let's give it a shot. Right. Yeah. So what was the hardest part about making that transition? Was, was, was there any part of you that felt like, Oh, I've done all this stuff to get to be a lawyer. It's, you know, I feel bad about leaving it. Well, there was a ton of things. Uh, I guess the most difficult part was the security. Um, You know, my daughter's she's three now. And then, uh, so that security of a paycheck was definitely scary. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a real, you know, I've talked to a bunch of people and, and what comes up often is is what a different decision yeah, this definitely. is depending on where you are in your life. Um, having a three-year-old is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty big. <laughs> and yeah. that, that's the thing, you know, I feel like I, I used that as a crutch for a long time uh, where it was like, oh, you know, I could have. I would be great at doing this, but then I was like, oh, but I have a daughter. So it was kind of my my defense mechanism for really taking the shot. Yeah, that's really then, interesting. And then I guess the the second piece of it was, you know, I guess being an attorney, it has certain, uh, I guess you get an aura, right? Uh, a lot of people, regardless of if you went to an unaccredited lawyer or Yale, people just see the lawyers as having this stature. Uh, and then so as egotistical as it sounds, it, it was tough for me to kind of let that go. Because, yeah. Um, I don't think it sounds egotistical. Yeah. I think it's a very common feeling. Of, well, I mean, suppose that doesn't make it not egotistical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think it is. I just think it's, it, it's just a factor. It's sort of, it becomes so wrapped up in your identity oh, yeah, and you do get, and you're like, yeah, I did earn, you know, this was hard. And it yeah, was an accomplishment. Sure. So it, it is hard to sort of feel like you're walking away from something you earned. Yeah, yeah, especially like yeah. the bar and all that, going through all of that, it, it, it was difficult to walk away from, but. Yeah, yeah. I just had a whole conversation with, with another guest about the sunk cost principle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like just reminding yourself that, you know, you know got to yep. look forward. <laughs> so so how did you how did you go about sort of making this a full-time gig? Um, so I. Initially, you know, I wanted to do real estate investing, uh, continue on that path and build a greater portfolio. And then eventually, um, as I could prove that this concept works, I wanted to bring on investors. Uh, yeah. the just, with sorry, investing- just to interrupt you and jump back a bit. When you say yeah. real estate investing, like how did you get started in that? What do you mean by that? Like buying small things, renting them out or doing flips? Yeah. So in my, my introduction to it was I had property, uh, you know, I moved out of my area in order to take a job and had a property so I, I was one of like basically an accidental landlord i didn't want to sell the property so i decided to rent it out yeah um, been there and then, <laughs> yeah. and then you know i wanted to learn more about it so as i studied i was like oh okay you know i could i could figure this out as a way to do it and then so i started buying properties out of state just because i'm in california mm-hmm. and then the, the prices are so high right. and the rents aren't great right so now i do uh, all buy and hold so i I would love to flip one day, but it's just, uh, I don't have the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. My, my husband worked with some people who, who do this and a guy has a whole podcast about it, but it's 
yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting business. You're buying, you know, properties in unexpected places because that's where the, the math works yeah, out definitely. on it. Um, yeah, so, oh, cool. Um, okay, so you had been doing that in the background. Um, mm-hmm. and, then, and then the next step was what? Um, and then so I had my real estate license. Um, and then so I decided, you know, Obviously, you can't invest without capital, so I needed a way to continue to bring in money. Uh, I had saved up enough where I felt comfortable leaving, um, and then you know I started learning more about the realtor side, the sales side, and then so I do that kind of on my day to day, and then uh, I also have that real estate investing, and then I do a little bit of consulting as well. Yeah, was it hard? I mean, I feel like being being a realtor is a very different set of skills. I mean, I could see the overlap, but it's also a different set of skills than you know drafting documents and you know being a litigator basically yeah it's like with anything else you know when you learn something else there's obviously going to be things that you need to learn um but i had been through uh so many transactions already both in my personal you know i moved around a lot so i bought properties each place i went so i've seen it on kind of the consumer side and then also on the investor side so i was comfortable with that aspect of it and then like you were saying a lot of uh, what i was doing on the day-to-day for uh my litigation practice you know, like researching, uh, negotiating contracts and things like that. All of that applies greatly to uh, being a realtor. Um, and I actually think it gives me a pretty strong leg up from, you know, the barrier to entry for a realtor is pretty low. Um, and then so you, I found that a lot of, you know, they've never taken a course in negotiation, whereas I've been trained to do that for uh, almost a decade now. So in that aspect, it's actually super helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could totally see the overlap in, in that. You know, in the state of New York, uh, there's some streamlined process to getting your real estate license if you're barred in the state of New yep. York. Of course, I'm not barred in the state yep. of New York, so it's <laughs> not relevant to me, But um, which I was bummed about when I bought my place here because I was like, oh, I could have gotten a commission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dang, I knew I, knew I should have made that extra effort when I took the bar exam. <laughs> they actually have... Uh, they have lessened uh, educational requirements. So I think before it used to be like if you had a, if you were in the bar, you could just get a broker's license. And then I think they realized slowly they're like this is probably a bad idea because they these people have no idea what they're doing. So then they added uh, like experience requirements, um, but then you don't have to do the educational side. Huh? Yeah. I, I did. I mean, I went through the whole course because it was like, why would I do it without really understanding it completely? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. Also, I mean, if you're the type of person who went to law school, you're you probably approach things in a particular way, yeah. which is not just totally off the cuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so how like did that did that take a while to build up a clientele and sort of work to replace not only you know the money to make your investments but just to support your family was that how was that process for you i mean it's still an ongoing process um yeah. luckily i guess the hardest part of it is like you said you know our identity is so tied into being an attorney and then so it was yeah. really because a lot of real estate is figuring out the people that are close to you letting them know and then you can, it's all referral based um you know i think it's much harder you see right. people on billboards and stuff like that but it's I went with the approach of going to the people that trust me, that know me, and um, because of my lack of experience, uh, whereas a stranger might see that as a negative, you know, the people that know me and trust me uh, will more easily overlook that, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. 
but the hard part there is most of the people that know me think of me as an attorney. So, you know, I still get calls about like, how do I get out of this traffic ticket? Or I, I, got out of, I, got, I think I bought a lemon. Uh, those are calls that I get more so than like, oh, I have this real estate issue. So right. a lot of my marketing has been geared towards that. Right. I mean, I guess that comes with time. Yeah. Um, they'll start to think of you as, I mean, it's so funny you know, when you're a lawyer, people ask you all these questions. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, do you want to buy a corporation? Yeah, I can yeah, help yeah. you with that. But if you're uh... getting sued, I, I'm your guy. <laughs> with all this other stuff, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, but so, did you immediately go out on your own, or do you work for an agency? How did you approach that? Yeah, so in California, if you have, I only have a salesperson license, so you have to hang that with a brokerage. And then, mm -hmm. so initially I uh, was with a bigger broker um, when I first got my license in 2016. Uh, but when I moved out of uh, law, I, I moved my license to a smaller boutique because uh, they're made up of investors. Uh, you know, there's this weird gray area where people get kind of, especially the larger box uh, brokerages, they get kind of, I guess, nervous when you're doing a lot on the investment side. And they also take commission from your personal transactions too. Uh, so that was hurting my investment side. So I moved to a smaller one uh, that kind of got it. Oh, wow. I didn't realize they take take a cut of things that had nothing. Yeah. that's. Yeah. I mean, I guess it sort of makes sense when you think about it. But um, what have been some of, like, do you look back at all and think, oh, I might, this might be a stage. I might jump back into the law at some point. I mean, I, I think it always I guess unless you're doing incredibly well uh, right off the bat, it, it always hops back in mind. You know, if I have like a slow month or something like that, or uh, it's always a fallback position. Yeah. I know that I I have it, but I'm doing everything I possibly can to avoid having to go back to it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I can definitely <laughs> <laughs> under understand that. I just think it's you know I think it's interesting to what a different kind of life it is you know real estate agent it's sort of your you eat what you what you catch kind of a, yeah. a a job versus the stability so i can imagine that that it takes a certain sort of grit and and commitment to giving yourself the time to figure that out as opposed to running fearfully back to what was safe <laughs> yeah exactly i yeah. mean the first couple months uh of doing it you know it's it's great the idea of being your own boss is great but then it's just at the same time like you have no direction no one tell you what the next steps are and then figuring it out and then i mean all the the small things like even the back end things that go on um i had to learn you know i built my own website um just setting up phone lines and stuff for my business like all these things i took for granted that you know we had a marketing department and all that now it was all falling on me. So yeah, there's right. definitely a learning curve to kind of hopping out and doing it on your own. Yeah. I mean, you figured it out though, right? I mean, to me, that's kind of the point is it's, it's, of course it's hard, but it doesn't mean you can't figure it out. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that was a part of the fun, I, uh, of course it's scary, but it's also part of the fun part. Um, you know, especially doing something for so long, like, like you said, you know, with the transactional side, you kind of use the same templates uh, and you see the same things all the time. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with litigation too. You know, the cases they slightly vary, but you're doing the same thing like answers, discovery, motion, things like that. So I felt like I spent a lot of time uh not really growing. I would find like a new case here or there, but I wasn't learning new skills necessarily. Yeah. And so it, it was actually a pretty exciting time to 
learn all these different things. Yeah. I I think it, yeah. It, even like, you know, doing this podcast, I'm like, uh, I guess I'll learn how to do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a whole, it's not a career, but it was, I found it enjoyable to kind of learn a whole different set of skills. And, and yeah, so I could sure. totally see the appeal of that. Um, so how are you liking it? Like, do you feel like, yeah, this is, this is the right place for me for now. I mean, of course, everything has its ups and downs. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot so far. Luckily, right now, I'm working with mostly uh, friends or uh, or people that I know. Mm-hmm. And then so, you know, when you when your job is working with people that you enjoy being around, uh, that you choose to be around, um, it's always going to be greater. Um, yeah, so right now, it's been great. Obviously, the, the stability of the paycheck, I'm, I'm missing that. But yeah. I, I think I set myself up. I planned enough ahead of time. Uh, to save up to where I, I don't have to be too nervous about it. So uh, we'll yeah. see if that, if that continues on it. I might change my Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's like, you know, that's all you can do is to, is to prepare as much as you can and then give yourself a shot at doing it. Right. Yeah, for sure. So is there, when you think about sort of the various steps you've taken, is there anything you would do differently or do you just sort of feel like these were steps that made sense at the time and you're, making the best decisions that you could at any given moment uh i mean it's easy to like hindsight 20 so i i wish i would have done it earlier um you know i I think i stuck with the law for a lot longer Uh, and it was to the point you know my wife was telling me she could see kind of the effect it was having on me you know i was uh i was very stressed out uh and i think it kind of it it was hurting me more to stick in there for so long so i I definitely wish. Yeah. So how many years total were you in practice? I was in practice about seven years. Um, yeah. That's a then, long time. And then I think I, I realized probably like two, three years in that it, it wasn't really for me. So kind of stuck with it for much longer than I, I wish I would have. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any magical footprint for how to do these things. And it takes, you know, even once you realize you want to go, maybe you have to add some years in of planning to put yourself in a position to, to leave. Um, yeah, definitely. But, but how long did you spend, like you said, you wanted to, you know, have a certain amount to put yourself in a financially stable position to make the transition from when you sort of decided you were going to do this to when you left your firm. Uh, about how long was that um well it was one of those things it was like lingering for a while Uh, i always wanted to so i mean probably a couple years yeah uh not not i hadn't made the decision and then kind of prepared it was more just like i had thought about it uh like two years prior to when i actually did it and then kind of everything just culminated to the point where i was just like all right this is this is my moment uh i'm just gonna go for it and then and then i just took the jump yeah <laughs> scary yeah. as it might be <laughs> oh super scary i mean it, it, it was exciting and liberating at the time i think it was one of those uh in the moment i was like yes let's do it and then probably like a week after is when i was like oh my gosh this is really scary <laughs> <laughs> yeah i could yeah because like the actual quitting is sort of a relief right like you're like okay I, i'm making this step yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean for me i went back to school so it was like this other known safety net situation yeah. so i didn't you know i i don't i didn't have quite that um fear my fear hit when i started to actually look for jobs and was like oh huh 
this might take a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm, okay. <laughs> but it works out, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think we just have to be willing to be uncomfortable like that for a minute. Yeah, and, and I think that's the big thing. Is So after I, I joined this uh, coaching program to kind of help me with uh, the direction of, of what I'm doing in my real business, and then I'll, uh, the, yeah. what a great, actually, I found this earlier because it might have helped my law practice, but it really is like you're progressing. You know, if you're not uncomfortable, you're just kind of stagnating. So that fear is a good thing, you know, then this, uh, so. Yeah. I think that's, uh, it's interesting. I just um, was speaking to another guest who was talking about how coaching has helped her progress in her career. And yeah. I think it's something that more and more people are leveraging. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I mean, now I left my firm a while ago, but I don't recall anyone saying that they had a coach of any sort, whether it was to progress within their legal career or to think about what else they would do. I think that's probably a little bit different now, but I think um, I think that there are other um, practice practice areas, meaning like just uh, you know, whether it's you're in real estate or you own your own business or whatever, that coaching sort of has taken a hold in a way that I don't think it necessarily has in the law. Yeah. For sure. um, so I think it's great advice to be like, there are resources out there. Take a look, leverage them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, every firm I've been at, you know, they have those mentoring programs and stuff like that, but. I, I, it's hard. Uh, I think it's lacking sorely in the firm life because, you know, the, the people that are your mentors are still your bosses. So you can't really be candid with them. Right. And so. Yeah. And I don't feel like they necessarily are coming at it with um, an outside perspective yep. or a particularly broad perspective. It's sort of how can you navigate your best life at this firm? which is kind of a, a yeah, narrow, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, you know, I think that there are some programs that are better managed than others, but I do think that having a, a neutral third party outside of, you know, yeah, outside of your family, outside of your work to, to bounce ideas off of um, could be really helpful. Yeah. I think it was one of your other episodes. Uh, was it Jen, Jennifer, uh, the queen oh, when yeah. she was mentioning that I thought that was such yes. a great idea. Yeah. Um, I, I am working on getting someone on the podcast to talk about this. Cause I think it's, I think it's, uh, important and helpful and something that people should really think about, yeah, um, definitely. as they, as they work through this, but are there any other sort of big highlight, um, advice points that you would give someone sitting at a firm going, Oh boy, this is not for me. What should I do? <laughs> um, <laughs> big advice for you i don't want to be responsible for any if it fails but <laughs> <laughs> okay lawyerly cya yeah, yeah. noted <laughs> I, mean, I wish uh i would have just kind of gotten the courage to do it earlier like because uh, i know what it's like to be in a law firm and like the amount of commitment and the time that it takes to be in that environment um and then so it, it like pains me to think about how much time I spent uh, in that environment when I was unhappy, um, you know, especially like from the parents perspective yeah. now, you know, I see my daughter growing up and time is going by even quicker. So like every second that you spend is like, it's yeah. time, time that's going to be lost forever. Yeah. So it's like, you know, at the end of the day, the worst thing that could happen is you, know, you try something different, it fails, 
you most likely could end up back. I've read, you know, I've, I've been researching now when I have that fear, they're like, oh, you might be shunned from the law if you take too much time off. But the reality is there's always a need for legal help. There's a council jobs and things like that, that you could always go back to. So, you know, the worst thing that could happen is you, you give it a shot, you end up back where you're at, maybe at a lower, lower rank or something like that. But at least you, you gave it a shot without wondering forever, like, oh, what could have been? So I definitely encourage people to try to muster up enough courage to take that jump. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, I think it's hard. And, you know, it's I think it really is like having to sometimes give yourself that pep talk because, you know, fail. nobody likes to fail. No yep. one likes to risk failing. Um, but in fact, it's not the end of the world oh i, I have another <laughs> quote for that I, i'm big on quotes lately. yeah so good i love I, it. I heard this on another podcast i can't remember what it was but or who who said it but they said our greatest yeah. fear should not be of failure it should be of succeeding at something that doesn't matter and that oh. was really what kind of pushed me to do it oh wow that is that really touches home yeah. <laughs> for at least like putting myself back in in that you know, with associate position and thinking yep. about it. And what matters to one person is different to me. I'm not saying that nobody's practice of law matters. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I don't think it means like you have to be, you know, saving the world or whatever, you know, it just doesn't matter to you. Um, yeah. It's a, and it's a very personal question. Yeah. Because like, I know plenty of people that love the law, love the litigation, like exactly the same practice I was doing. Um, yeah. And more power to them. It's just, I think it's very, it's a very individualized thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a, that's a great uh, thought to wrap up on, but before yeah. we check out, uh, let us know where we can find you. There might be some people in California who need homes. Yeah. <laughs> so my realtor website is jlu.homes.com. And then uh, for my investment website, it's resipsa-realestate.com. So you, if you're an attorney, you should know how to spell that. <laughs> I know. These nerds better know how to spell that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan. I really uh, appreciate you being on. I really enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you. I think Jonathan has a lot to teach us about taking a risk, even when you're risk averse. It's clear that it wasn't an easy or obvious decision for him to leave law and go into real estate, which can be a pretty unpredictable business. But he did the work of asking himself what he really wants out of a career and out of his life. It's not that he didn't have all the same hesitations that many of us do, but he decided that he could live with that discomfort more than he could live with feeling unfulfilled in his career. And despite the challenges, his only thought looking back is wishing that he would have just done it sooner.